0: When we're talking about health and agriculture, I couldn't think of anybody that I would rather bring in more than my buddy, Dr. Mark Sherwood out of Tulsa, former gubernatorial candidate there in Oklahoma and uh, just a great, great guy. I hope that you're able to take some, uh, you know, comfort in knowing that telemedicine is actually an option worth considering.
1: Welcome to the Sewing Prosperity podcast with host Logan Duvall. This father of four is an Arkansas successful small business owner whose world was turned upside down with the cancer diagnosis of his then five-year-old son. As Napoleon Hill famously stated, every adversity, every failure, every heartbreak carries with it the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit. Come and join us on our journey to create a blue zone community with a focus on a holistic approach to anti-cancer, regenerative farming, and strengthening local economies.
0: All right, Dr. Sherwood, really excited uh, to be sitting down visiting with you. We were able to meet years ago and just been able to have have that friendship, and I have sent as many people as I can, uh, your direction being out of Tulsa. Uh, but, uh, yeah, tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, who you are and, uh, what, what functional medicine is.
1: Well, I appreciate you, Logan. And I appreciate most of all our friendship that we've developed over the years. I really honor what you do and honor your broadcast. And I encourage people that are listening right now to make it a regular occurrence to listen and yeah, about ourselves. Um, Obviously, primarily I'm a, I'm a Christian and I'm the, the husband of my wife, Dr. Michelle, so that's what I am, right? But, um, you know, background-wise, you know, previously very much in a nutshell, I was a professional baseball player, then I became a police officer for two and a half decades. Uh, Ten years of that time, I was on the SWAT team. Uh, during that time, I traveled around the world with the world-famous power team for about Ten years. Um, since then, uh, my wife and I uh, went back to school. Obviously, became a naturopathic doctor, and uh, uh, my wife and I have teamed up to join together to <clears throat> form the Functional Medical Institute, which is based out of Tulsa. We have written three number one best selling Amazon bestsellers, and now we produce five full length movies. So we've got our hands in a lot of things, but we're we're trying to influence the world towards a different way of thinking. Um, Functional medicine in particular has really two definitions, and I think it's very important for people to understand. Uh, one definition out there, it's kind of a, uh, an idea of, of running a bunch of cool tests that are not in the mainstream, and then maybe prescribing uh, supplements rather than medication, right? So, you know, is it, is it better? Um, yes. But are there some holes in that? Yes, because even in both of those things, Rarely, and this is not an indictment upon either, but rarely do we see the totality of uh, care given towards the emotional, spiritual, and hardcore physical changes that we have to make towards diet, nutrition, exercise. It's not about eliminating certain things, it's about doing certain things as well. So, you know, our philosophy is a little bit different with that. We kind of take functional medicine and sort of have, have transformed that, I believe, into true, uh, functional healing.
0: Wonderful. That's I think I think that lays it out really well. Uh, the the big contrast for me, uh, where you know going through cancer, going through all all the things that we have, is uh, the big connection between supplements and food, uh, one extreme to the other, right? Like so, conventional medicine is no, it doesn't matter. You know, we I've had radiologists try to give my son candy, right? Like it just it's mind blowing where where we are on some of those contrasts. One thing that I would really like your help clearing up and maybe making people more comfortable is the new telemedicine push, right? So, uh, you know, with, with COVID and zoom exploding and all that, it's becoming more, uh, common, but it's still, you know, uh, you're not face to face with a doctor, you know, you're not sitting right there in that room. So how have you been able to utilize and make people comfortable with, uh, telemedicine, which seems to be a big part of what you do?
1: Yeah. Interestingly enough, um, You know, like most things my wife and I get ourselves into, um, we really never uh, found ourselves benefiting from the way things are always done. We've kind of just had to, you know, in our world, listen to what God says and develop a direction and a strategy based upon Him that sometimes doesn't coincide with the way everybody else does it. With that said, telemedicine uh, really has came on the rise, and what it in a nutshell, Logan, is where someone will use modalities such as this, you know, a video chat modality, and they will have a, a visit with a person. Uh, today, there's been a big push on that because of the, the COVID situation. You know, people were told to stay away from other people and isolate, you know, and again, I was never for that. Uh, but one thing it has done for us is it has expanded our ability to create a broader range of influence with the way that we we believe God has called us into direction of helping people. And um, so with that said, we, we've embraced the idea of this quote-unquote telemedicine. Uh, we've just called it telehealth, you know, like instead of telemedicine, because today, just like the previous um, question you asked, different between functional medicine and, and sort of this uh, allopathic medicine, there there's differences in telemedicine too. There are some telemedicine uh, businesses popping up out there that absolutely promote um, the kind of things, hey, call us, pay us money, and we're gonna prescribe you hydroxychloroquine, uh, um, azithromycin, ivermectin, and just good to go. And again, it's a business, right? But what we do when we talk to someone like this is we tell them, look, we may be not physically face-to-face, but we are connected right now intimately and so long and i look them in the eye and I'm, I'm saying welcome to my world and i want to welcome into your world and we really try to build that connection just like they're right there and the the analogy i give people if in that situation is do we see god face to face we kind of have this idea of a, of a telehealth kind of thing, isn't it? Even though we can't see it, it really happens. There's a connection there that can happen that's bigger than the idea of just connecting through video to prescribe something. There's a connection there that is one, thankfully because of technology, that can be such a great benefit. And I'll give you one example of that is, is just a general broad example. We have people really we help all around the country. And it's been fascinating because one person, let's say, you know, Jane Doe out there has a tremendous experience before you know it, you got Jane Doe's family and it, it creates a little community out there that you have the benefit of an honor of just being a part of, right. And seeing them, you know, sort of become accountability, uh, you know, warriors for each other. And it, it's really cool to see that happening. So for us, it's been an amazing, amazing benefit. And I encourage people out there to really do your homework on what kind of telemedicine services that you're being provided. Because, it, it I mean, I'm not saying medication is bad, but it's got to be more than just that. Because if it's just that, we're falling back and regressing back into a worst-case scenario where you don't go see the doctor. You just get prescribed a medicine from a telemedicine standpoint, and they didn't—they didn't feel you, touch you, smell you—you um, know—physically being the same present, and it actually can do us a disservice.
0: Right. Well, you know, you're still running through, you know, these 15-minute appointments where they're sitting there looking at a computer more than they're looking at the, the patient anyways, right? So, like, I, I understand completely. One thing that you would be able to utilize through telemedicine is still some of these labs, right, to go in and get blood work, to get all the, the tests that it, any other doctor would be getting. Uh, it's just that you you go into the lab and then you visit on a, on a device.
1: We do. And we will share the screen. Uh, our typical... Uh, Protocol or standard operating procedures. This look, and I mean, people today. And again, I am I'm grateful for what um, has happened since COVID from the good side of things. It, it has opened the door for a lot of things. You know, we can do blood work with anybody really around. Um, you know, the United States of America, including Hawaii and and uh, Alaska. And it's it's really been fascinating because we will email them. You know, they can get a requisition from us. They go get it done in a lab around them. And uh, there's Quest Laboratories, for example, everywhere. And so persons can go there. The results come back to us. We email the results to them ahead of the appointment time. Um, We then share the screen with them. And we're going to go through that lab section by section until they get it. Because the greatest uh, benefit you have from that type of connection is an increase in knowledge and wisdom. Uh, Physician should be known as a teacher, not a dictator. And that's a very important distinction. Uh, We do not have a staff member call somebody and say, for example, hi Logan, Um, Dr. Uh, Sherwood wanted you to know all your labs are normal. Goodbye. Um, That is absolutely, uh, you know, it's misleading because the averages that are done in laboratory analyses as quote unquote normal levels, are based upon the averages of what they have in their database from this particular population. And this particular population right now, I I think everybody knows, it's very sick. It's the sickest it's ever been in the history of the world. What did I just say? America is the sickest it's ever been in the history of the world. We have more sick people per capita than ever before in history. And yet, when someone hears you're normal, they celebrate that? No, no. I'm like i don't want to be normal. I want to be abnormal and optimal
0: optimal yeah, that difference between normal and average and optimal is a stark contrast there yes what uh what did your take on this because I feel like uh basically all all disease all, all chronic disease is really metabolic in in nature, yep. but with uh kind of the the top two leading things i'm I'm finding, I feel, are toxicity or nutrient deficiency. That's the two areas where you're just destroying our health. And uh, minerals have come up and been absolutely uh, crucial in how deficient we are. And so the we have a huge ag focus, right? Because you can't have health without ag and, and right. doing ag, uh, what I believe is beat properly, right? So what, what have you seen on that with that, that kind of the toxicity and deficiency uh, in, in the metabolic approach?
1: Well, I think it boils down to what we bring in at this border right here called the lips, right? You know, we should have some good border security What comes in and out of that thing. But, but the bottom line is, um, you know, agriculture. Let's talk about that. That is, a, that is a thing that God instituted. Remember, he told Adam to work the ground. So I guess you could say Adam was the original farmer, right? And ultimately, God made the earth... So that the earth could support not just the existence of mankind, but the thriving of mankind. And that perfection that he created is still there. It is still there, but it has been clouded and shrouded with evil. And so you have to have great wisdom from God to know how to discern what is good from bad. And to that point, we've not allowed, uh, as in general principles, the soil to rest. Therefore, the soil has less nutrients in them which allows or disallows for more nutrients to come up within the food which we eat. And obviously that would be vitamins, minerals, amino acids, and even fatty acids from that matter because we we see those deficiencies. When people eat poorly from standard American diet, heavily uh, chemically laden, pollutant-filled, toxin-filled foods, we get no nutrients. So not only to become nutrient deficient, But we also gain fat tissue. Fat tissue holds toxins. Toxins for the most part are fat soluble. So therefore we get more fat, more toxic, more nutrient deficient. And so when I see the obesity crisis within America happening, and right now by the way, 70% which is 40% obese and 30% overweight, that's where America is right now. And all those people that I see gaining excess weight it's not a calorie problem; it is a nutrient and toxicity problem, and frankly, that breaks my heart because it's so, so, so preventable.
0: Uh, man, I, I I agree. I think that you're you laid that out there really, really well. Really uh, able to <laughs> kind of understand and see the connection there. Uh, not to I, I wouldn't plan on going here. So if you're not prepared to answer this, just just say you know pass. But uh, with you having. Uh, ran for governor of, of Oklahoma recently. I'm very curious as to what you were looking at on ag, on the ag policy or like what, uh, you know, cabinet member you would have for like the secretary of ag. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, I thought about that a lot and and I had sort of these ideas and plans and, and I have, I appreciate that question because hopefully this gives people some insight that what can and could be done from a true leadership position. Not just a political elected official, but a leader. Leaders are about the people and how they can serve and benefit the people. The politicians are about how you can serve and benefit them and how you can sort of uh, grow their coffers of money through uh, influence and uh, lobbying, etc. Big Ag is the backbone of our country. It's the backbone, farmers, Ranchers, they're the backbone, and and I had several thoughts on that. I wanted to make Oklahoma a self-sustaining state to give the farmers what they needed to grow a lot of crops, promote the increase in farmers market, to promote people buying from local farmers, to cut off the federal regulations where the farmer could sell a cow to his neighbor. The farmer could actually sell his crops to his neighbor, and the farmers wouldn't be bound by all these federal nonsensical, bureaucratic regulations that are preventing the people of America from being healthy. And so, I want Oklahoma, for example, and we're you know it's it's the same. There's plenty of pretty much every state could be self-sustainable if we promoted good, sound farming. And, and gave people the ability, farmers for example, to, to grow a crop from original seeds and quit controlling the seeds. Quit controlling them on how they can spray their crops or not. If they choose to, great. If they choose to, not. It's their choice. And the people then have a choice on which farmer to buy from. And I believe the people of the this great state of Oklahoma and Arkansas or Texas or Kansas would have appreciated that because I think it would have given the farmers a bump in confidence that they need. And right now, sadly to say, it appears to me that because of the lack of doing that, the other side of the coin is this, there's been so much dependence upon the federal government to subsidize the farmer. Therefore, they become dependent and they can't change because they need that money. And make no mistake about it, China is profiting off of farmers' calamities because here's a bunch of cash, and you know, farmer Logan is is just absolutely beside himself. He's up in debt, he's not selling anything, he's he's not turning over a profit. And here's somebody offers you cash money to get out of that farm, and you're gonna do it, and they're gonna say that. You know, oh, Logan, I can't blame you. And they're going to turn it into a a quote unquote marijuana farm, which is nothing more than an infiltration of property into our country. And we're going to establish more uh, internal conflict that's actually designed to destroy our country.
0: I've been really, really shocked uh, at the siphoning of our land uh, going yep. to other countries and, and technocrats. Like, uh, I, actually, I think this is maybe the third podcast interview in a row where Bill Gates. I, I just realized uh, through prepping for another interview that he has forty eight thousand acres in Arkansas farmland. Totally. I, and just we're we're just losing our own land, and it's just kind of uh, I don't know. It's it's just it. <laughs> It don't pass the smell test. I mean, I, we we got to figure out. And so I was really curious on how you were thinking about that with that uh, that 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 you know political level, right? Like there's something that is not not working uh, there. But anyways, uh, one more thing. I don't know where we are in, on time. I know you got a hard out, but uh, we got a few more minutes. Yeah. I did want to get your opinion on on meat okay because what i am found I, are you familiar with uh, dr thomas seafried by chance yes uh, so seafried out, out in boston college he we interviewed him recently and he has the metabolic approach to cancer right and uh, there's this huge push on carnivore and where we have uh I, mark i've been shocked uh, with how well I have seen people go with it. I have experimented with it. It's probably the best I've ever (laughs) felt in my life. Uh, and so when Lander was first diagnosed with cancer, I read the China study, right? And the meat causes cancer and all of this, that, that they, they said in there, and I am just not finding support for that as I just continue to dive in. And I just really wanted your thoughts because a lot of this is just, uh, different. And, uh, One more thing to throw in there. I visited with Dr. Russell Ryder, who's down in uh, Texas, and he's the melatonin guy. And so he's collaborated a lot of this. Um, And the use of melatonin in metabolic diseases is really (laughs) interesting, to say the least. So you got any thoughts on that, brother?
1: Yeah, first of all, on the meat thing, I think we need to go back to biblical principles. You know, we were never designed to be uh, vegetarians. Um, obviously originally Adam and Eve probably were, uh, but then when the fall of man came and Noah hopped off the boat after the flood, God told people to eat meat at that point. So we need to establish that right now. That's not my idea. That's God's. And so we have teeth that can chew up meat. Um, the problem with meat is not the beef. It is what America has done to the, uh, processing of the beef. These confined animal feeding operations are, uh, you know, filled with a cow that's sold very fat fast and they're given chemicals to grow fat fast. They're fed food to grow fat fast and they're sold by weight, not by health. And so that idea has created the thought process that meat is bad. Meat has never been quote unquote bad. Otherwise, God would have been bad telling mankind to eat it. I mean, logical would, would tell you that. I have seen people do very, very well on a carnivore diet. And my suspicion or hypothesis is is this, is the uh, withdrawal of the processed foods is really the thing that's making a great difference the abstinence of the processed foods is creating metabolic harmony once again because we all know that cancer being a metabolic disease is driven by high sugar. When they do a PET scan, they fill your body with sugar, take a picture, and the the cancer cells take it up. I mean, that's just common sense. Um, Further, we know that the ketosis that's created by that particular diet can disrupt metabolism from fat in a good way, creating fat loss which is, as we talked about earlier, a release of toxins and lowering inflammation. So there is great benefit to that. Now, having said that, there are essential things that we need that are not in meat. So you have to think about how to supplement properly. And and I believe you can effectively do that. So I, I like the approach. Does it fit everyone? Um who knows? I think that's a up in the air question. But can it be done with success with those caveats? Yes.
0: Awesome. No, I I've definitely been been meaning to get with you on all that because it's uh you get a lot a lot of things coming out, right? With like Dr. Sean Baker and Kim Berry and, and the Saladino's really kind of uh taking his approach different uh from, from where he was a few years ago. But you know, we we have learned so much just through the adversity of life. And, and, you know, as Napoleon Hill, you know, says, it's like the theme of of everything I do with every adversity comes the seed of an equal or greater opportunity. And and so we've just been able to learn. We've been able to meet people like you and, and just uh, difference maker. So how can I send people, uh, you and Dr. Michelle's way, if they want help to, you know, go about things a little different? And, and Tulsa, Lord, that's a it's a four-hour drive from where I live, five hours from Little Rock. So it's really not that far um, if they didn't want that telemedicine approach.
1: Well, they can go to sherwood.tv, Logan, and uh, we do a, uh, a free webinar once or twice a month that people can attend. And we have a subject matter that we teach upon and allow them to ask us um, questions in the chat bar. We do that for a couple different reasons. Number one is I don't want anybody spending any money until they get to know us as human beings. And number two, it kind of gives them a flavor of what we really do. And and I appreciate, like, this broadcast, you know, is good because it gives them a flavor of what we do. Uh, if people want to make change and they want to have sort of a, a God-centric approach with the goal to lead people on the pathway of true healing, uh, we would be a good fit. If they're just looking for a pill for an ill and don't want to do any work, uh, that would not be a good fit. And so people can do that. And from that webinar that is free, once again, people can schedule a consult. And by attending the webinar, they get a break on the price. So it's actually a win-win. People can work with us anywhere. And uh, I had a gentleman just yesterday from your part of the world, reach out to me and he is struggling on some issues and we had an incredible time and um, he feels like right now he has some hope because we offer a little bit of a fresh perspective on things and we are personable, you know, we're, we are who we are off screen and on screen. You, you know that. I can uh,
0: attest to that.
1: Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, a fresh approach is what the world needs right now in this area and hopefully you know, more doctors will, will sort of embrace this concept as well.
0: Well, thank you so much, my friend. And, uh, y'all enjoy y'all's getaway and, uh, we will be talking soon.
1: Logan, thanks for having me, man. I'm super honored and Always, always enjoy it. Thank you for listening to the sewing prosperity podcast. We hope that you have learned something new and that you are inspired to adopt regenerative practices in your community. Remember that by working together, we can create a sustainable and abundant future for ourselves and for future generations.